everybody, it's episode 400 of PodQuest. Hey! We should have held that for 400 seconds. That's all. That's, that's, that's a, a fucking long time. That is probably longer than we normally talk for. No, 400 no. seconds is uh, just under Oh, I'm sorry. Minutes. I'm thinking um, minutes. Are but still... Thinking- I was gonna do the rent song, but I don't actually. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred. God damn it. <laughs> okay, Mister um, Theater. Who doesn't know that? I don't. I I I have no idea what you're actually talking about. I Richie said rent, so I'm assuming he meant the play Rent, right? Yes. Yeah. Like I I know the song. I just don't know the number. Like I know how the song goes. I know the cadence and everything. I just don't really know the number because there's a lot of numbers and I. Get... That's fair. Wait, is that the song where they just sing like numbers? Yeah, 525,600 minutes. Um, Go ahead, Drew. You seem to know no, it. No, that, that's all I know. But <laughs> minutes. I didn't know that was rent. It's, I that's, know. that's like, I think it's like, that's the amount of minutes that, that sit yes. in a year. Yep. And then they go seconds. It's, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, The Office did it when Michael Scott left. Uh, they did um, however many oh. minutes he worked at Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. I remember that. The same D- thing. Also, didn't know it was from rent then. Yep. Like I is is rent the one about um everyone's HIV? got AIDS. Everyone's got AIDS. Okay. That's I couldn't cuz what what's the other stomp? Stomp's the other one word uh like Broadway show, right? I'm not wrong about that, am I? Uh I mean that is a thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't I don't I don't really know. I'm not really too too sure. I know okay. very little about like stage productions of things other than Spider-Man turn off the the dark. I remember that one. Yeah, wasn't that, uh, who was it that made the, wasn't that, for some reason I'm thinking Bono did the soundtrack for that? Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's I all know. I really know about it. I have no idea what any of the music's like on it. I just remember yeah. it being a thing and, um, several actors being injured during performances oh, yeah. and, and, uh, rehearsals. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, um, I, f- I forgot to, to keep going with the intro. I'm Chris, with me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. What's up? And uh, yeah, we're 400 episodes in. That's that's a lot. It is. It, it's a it's a large fucking number. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. But aside from that, Drew, how was how was your trip? Oh, it was really good. Uh, San Diego's dope. Everyone go to San Diego. Like <laughs> the weather, it got real hot one day, which was like super random. But otherwise, it was just sunny and amazing, and the zoo was cool. SeaWorld's meh. Don't go to SeaWorld. SeaWorld's go to the always zoo. meh. Yeah. Um, the only reason we went to SeaWorld was, like, we bought the City Pass thing, which uh, it let you go to four different things. One of them was SeaWorld, one was the zoo, one was a little, uh, like, one-hour uh, cruise tour in the bay, and then the other was we used for... One of those, like, jump-on, jump-off trolley tour things, which we use to, like, get to the zoo. <laughs> nice. Uh, and the Wings won the game, so, you know, it was all good. Such a nerd, man. Were Such you guys a booed nerd. a whole bunch for being there in Wings gear or whatnot? Not really. There, there, was, <laughs> there was one guy sitting, like, a couple rows behind us and to our right that, like, very jokingly we had a little back and forth and, like... At one point, he was like, go back to Philly. I'm like, we're going to on Sunday. And then he said, go sooner. And I was like, we haven't gone to the zoo yet. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, okay. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's good reason. Good reason. I mean, it's it's kind of like the only reason. Mm-hmm. Like you go to the zoo and then you um then you go home. Then you leave. Then you leave. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of good food. Like it it was a good time. It was nice. a fun trip. Nice. Sounds you, like it. And you guys just stayed in um in whatchamacallit, the whole time? Uh in San Diego San Diego? Yeah, we had a hotel in like kinda right on the border of the Little Italy and Gaslamp districts. So like pretty much right in downtown San Diego. So we were within walking distance or incredibly cheap Ubers of a lot of food and whatnot. Nice. That that always makes trips better when like you can be in the area and just be either easily commuting or no need to even commute. Mm-hmm. But nice. Well, I'm I'm glad it was a successful trip. Yeah. And then I saw I saw I guess it was Sarah posted on Facebook. You guys had like the bullshit layover where you had to fly into Boston to then fly to Philadelphia. Yeah. Like I fucking hate the way airplanes work. It's so goddamn stupid. It, it really is. The one bullshit thing that happened was on the flight there, uh, either Spirit or the TSA destroyed our suitcase. Like, they just, they just straight ripped the zippers off. Wow. So we had to buy a new suitcase while we were in San Diego. Did, um, bring our shit back. Did you have locks on it or something? We had a TSA lock on it. Supposedly a TSA lock anyway. That's fuck. Let's see. I've never, I've never actually put a lock on on a bag because, like, I'm always afraid they're gonna pull shit like that. But yeah. like, that's that's bullshit. Did you did yeah. you guys end up spending any time in Vegas, or did you just like hang out on the in the airport the whole time? Uh, no, we just hung out in the airport because our flight to Vegas got delayed because that tracks. It was, it, well, that was it was raining on Wednesday, so actually oh, I, it right. was a, it was lucky that I had my alarms set and all. And first thing I saw when I looked at my phone was a text and an email from Spirit that our flight was delayed from 7 to 10. And then it got delayed another, like, hour while we were at the airport. Oh, that sucks. At least you had such a buffer, though, that, like, you didn't have to rush or anything, I assume, when you landed. No, yeah, we still had a two-hour layover in Vegas. Which, but, like, that's a good layover amount. Like, it's enough time that you can, like, grab something to eat, take your time getting to, like, the next terminal generally, but, like, not so long that you're just sitting there, like, staring at the fucking wall, like, just counting the seconds. Yeah, like, originally it was supposed to be, like, six and a half or so, which, like, at that point we might have actually left and gone to the Strip and gone to, like, a casino for a little yeah. bit or something. Just or to found, say you did like, it. Yeah, or found, like, a, something more substantial to eat, but then when it was, like, two hours, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Like, I've I've luckily never had, like, one of those, like, six-hour layovers, but I would, assuming that it wasn't, like, a, I had my bag with me situations, I would I would totally do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just, like, go outside for a little while, come back, and, like, come back an hour and a half before I need, like, the next flight to get through security again and be on my fucking way. Yeah. There's a Konami building right near the airport in Vegas. Well, yeah, I mean, like, 90% of their business is fucking, like, slot, slot machines, machines and pachinko machines, yeah. so that, that tracks. It was just funny <laughs> seeing a, just Konami in big letters looking out the one window. Yeah, probably not what you expected to see when you were at, uh, 
at sitting in the airport. You're like, nope. Did we fly too far? Like, <laughs> I thought we were only on the, only only on this flight for like five hours, but did did we fall asleep for for thirteen? <laughs> Could have. I'm no, you couldn't. Not on an no, airplane. No. You're, you're lucky. No. To, you're lucky to get one like solid hour of sleep in a row on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Rich, what's on the agenda? What is on the agenda? Um. So there was, I guess, a a um. Small convention in Philly called Fan Expo, which is the new Wizard World, I guess. Uh, that uh, you went to, Chris. We all should have watched It Man, uh, or Yip Man, however you pronounce it. The uh, martial arts bio fan or biopic, I guess. Yeah, I, call, I would call it a biopic. I mean, it's 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 not fully bio. Like it is obviously they took a lot of leeway with it, but it is a biopic uh, about Yip Man. Um, then I saw Sonic Two. Uh, Chris, you watched the Bubble which I want to watch at some point. Uh, then um, there's big news coming out of Kingdom Hearts. There's a fourth one. Um, then I played Return to Dark Tower, and Chris, you played some Lego Star Wars. Um, but yeah, let's get into it with Fan Expo. How was Fan Expo? It was much better than I expected. Really? Yeah, so Wizard World hadn't been very good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I stopped going to Wizard World like five or six years ago because it, it was kind of shit. They put all of the emphasis on the celebrities, and ticket prices were kind of outrageous, and there was just, there was no reason to go. Like, there weren't a lot of, like, worthwhile comic people there, like, or artists or any of that stuff, so you had, like, vendors selling Funko Pops that I don't fucking want, and celebrities that I don't really care to meet. And, like, that was what Wizard World had become. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, I don't know exactly if I have all of this correct or not, but I believe the company that now owns Fan Expo purchased like the convention circuit basically from wizard rebranded it as fan expo and are now like now all of the wizard worlds are these fan expo insert city name um so this was the first one for philadelphia um it's not the first one they've done i think they started them late last year maybe um kind of like like in the fall when uh conventions started happening again basically but mm-hmm. this was this was the first one in philly i know it's still the same like behind the scenes people like but like who i i don't know the name of the of the like umbrella company that owns it but like the people that are actually like working the show and like doing that stuff are the same because all of the press people that send out emails are the same people that used to do it for wizard world and like none of them were ever bad like all those people were always super helpful super on top of shit like they do a fantastic job behind the scenes it was just the parent company that like put no emphasis in anything but the celebrities that were going to make them money basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But like Fan Expo, like I thought the floor was laid out well for the space they had. Still had conventions have issues with like arranging stuff, and I I just don't get it. Um, so I I think Pax usually has it, but you guys know that root beer truck that's always at fucking conventions. Yeah, yeah. it definitely was at Pax last year. Yeah, it was I, just all the way in the back. It's in an awkward spot this past year. Yeah, and it's, you know, you buy a reusable, like, tin mug, basically, and you can just go mm-hmm. through there all weekend and refill it. Um, at every other convention, they put them in the most obnoxious fucking... Like, they put them in an aisle. So you then have people just crowding around this fucking thing to get root beer that you, you can't get up and down the aisles. And they do it at everything. New York Comic Con does it. Fan Expo did it. Like... They need to start putting that fucking thing, like, in the back against the wall or something, where, like, it's it's visible, it's accessible, but it's not blocking people from walking. Because, mm-hmm. like, the people that want the fucking root beer are going to go find the fucking root beer. 
Um, right. Like, it was bad enough that the person working the booth across from them was ha- was trying to, like, direct traffic, like, asking people to, like, you know, take their time, be polite, like, apologizing that it was so backed up because, like, people just couldn't see their booth. Um, and they- it was, like, an exhibitor booth, so, like, they were just, they were selling merchandise, but, like, you couldn't stop and look at it because you'd literally be, like, stalling hundreds of people trying to come through that, that um, aisle. Yeah. Um, but, like, other than that, like, it was broken... It was kind of like, I don't know if it was purposeful or not, but it was sort of broken up into three sections. So when you first walk in, it was all like your your vendors and, and stuff like that, exhibitors. And then like halfway back, you'd hit like Artist Alley and they had um like the, the quote unquote comic professionals, like the people mm-hmm. that are generally people that have done work on like Marvel, DC, Boom, IDW, like like those names. Um, They were kind of around the perimeter. And then past them, you had, like, the celebrities and, and, like, voice actors and stuff like that at, like, the back of the um the show floor. So this way, like, you really did have to walk through the entire show to get to that section if that's the only thing you were there for. So you were at the very least seeing other things. You weren't just, like, going right to the celebrities and, like, bypassing everything else. And yeah. it was, like, it was separated enough that it wasn't, it wasn't, like, prohibiting people from seeing other things also. Um, they did seem to have a small, like, they were in, uh, the Broad Street, uh, side of the convention center. So, um, I think PAX was there in 2019, maybe? Something. I don't remember. <sighs> there was definitely one year where the, the, at least the entrance was on that part. Yeah, so this was, you go in on Broad Street, and then you go right upstairs, and they were the, the exhibit hall, like, right upstairs off of Broad Street, which... It seems to be one of the like smaller rooms, and it's a little oddly shaped. It's it's kind of like a truncated L because they have like this. They have um a built-in like kitchen area for like um the in convention center cafe thing where they sell like pretzels and shit. So like they had like the little bit of like the L nub was like their main stage where they'd have like celebrities and guests doing Q and As and stuff throughout the weekend that you didn't have to go down to a panel room to see. And then um. The rest of it was just the length of the the floor was like the show floor. Um, they did have like a little gaming section, a little anime section, a little beer garden. So like you know they had like some like fun little areas. They had like a cosplay alley where like all like the people selling cosplay stuff and the cosplayers were set up. Um, good mixture of like exhibitors. I felt too like a lot of Funkos because that those things are still super popular. But then like you know people selling comic books, people selling um. Like, old toys, video games, um, a lot of interesting, like, craft stuff this year, too. Seems like woodcrafting got re- must have gotten really popular over the pandemic. <laughs> um, Which is weird, because lumber raised in prices so much during the pandemic. Right? But there were at least four booths completely dedicated to, like, very intricate, like, wood art. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of them, it was really cool. They apparently, they didn't use any stains or anything. All of their coloring was from the wood itself. So it was all, like, shades of, like, reds and purples and, and yellows and stuff. And browns, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were doing, like, scenes from, like, anime and video games on them. Mm. Um, and it was, um, they were, like, slightly embossed. So, like, the car- the carving would actually be, like, the, um, like, the scene itself. And then, like, the background would be, like, the, the piece of wood below it, almost. I don't know if I'm describing that real well. Um, but, like, basically, like, the characters would stand off of the wood a little bit, almost like a diorama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but they, they were really cool looking and, you know, they, they had full blown scenes and then they just had some other stuff that was, uh, 
like a wanted post like they had a vash the stampede wanted poster they had like one piece wanted posters um they had a stuff where it was supposed to be scenes from like the manga where it actually had like the text bubbles and all and like they looked really good and then there was another booth that um had more stuff that would just be kind of like a generic like wall hang like they were like different types of pictures and things like that but they had some that were um carved to be like a nintendo controller um and they had one that was actually pretty big probably like eight by 17 or something like that and in like the group so it looked like the nintendo controller it had the d-pad the the a and b this the start and select buttons but everywhere else on the controller were like these smaller engravings or, or like more like burnings like like it was wood burned or laser engraved um mm-hmm. of i think the guy said there were 45 different like scenes from games or scenes from 45 different games kind of like on this controller and it was like it was very expensive but very cool looking yeah um but yeah other, other than that it, like i said good time um artist alley was also like Art Sally was a good combination of like artists, like like just traditional like like prints and stuff like that, and then people selling like books and crafts and like like different things, not just like art prints. Um, one thing I noticed, and this is not a fan expo thing. Uh, there's a group I think they're called like Comic Sketch Art that does. Um, they basically do convention bookings for like comic book professionals, like like artists, writers, and stuff like that. They 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 almost work like an agent would, like. The convention or whatever, like, reaches out to them. They coordinate, like, well, here's how much it'll cost for, like, room and board and travel for them. And then gets them set up, like, at their table and all that. And they get some sort of um, percentage of, like, their sales for the weekend. Um, But it seems like every single person there with them is now charging for autographs. And, like... Not like a little bit either. Like some some people were charging ten dollars per book to sign them. Yeah, and like I get it. Like like I understand like the idea of like like that you pay money to get like stuff signed by like the like the other celebrities and stuff like that. Um, but like these are things where like you already spent you know five to ten dollars on the book, and then it's like cool now ten more dollars for me to scribble my signature on it. Whereas like less than five years ago, like some people would charge, but it'd be like you know. I, they will sign five things totally for free. But, like, if you bring them, like, a, a short box of books to sign, they're going to ask you to pay something because, like, you are then basically taking up their entire time signing a bunch of books for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it didn't look like anyone had the, like, you know, one book free, two books free. It was just, like, I was I was standing at one of the booths, like, like looking at stuff, and I, I saw the one sign, and, like, it it was just, and I and I heard one of the people work, like one of the comic people, comic sketch people work in the booth say, like, "Oh yeah, it's it's ten dollars per book." I'm like, that's I'll that's a lot. <laughs> I would, but was it just that person, or was it everyone? That's the question. Everybody that I, everybody that I walked up close enough to that I could see their little plaque in front of them was at least five dollars. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it, it it might be due to the pandemic. A lot of the a lot of the people in the industry who were doing these things, they lost a lot of money because they weren't doing it. They kind of have to recoup that by maybe charging more or charging in general. It It's kind of scummy, but at the same time, it's, it's what they got to do to get back to the living that they were making. So the thing is, like, I don't think that this is necessarily, like, strictly the, like, the artist side of it. Like, because, um, like, I know somebody that is now signed on with Common Sketch Art, and they were a little, um, they weren't hesitant, but, like, they were just kind of, like, upset in general that, like, they had to raise their prices for, like, commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to raise the prices, but because comic sketch art gets a percentage of that commission cost for them to actually make like the money that they would normally make, they had to like raise the price to offset that. So like a lot like there are plenty of people here that like were not with comic sketch art previously that like I think a lot of them are charging now because like it's a thing that comic sketch art requires because they're trying to make money. Because like for them it's at for comic sketch art, the actual convention is a business. It's not like a thing for like fans to meet creators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to be fair, every single person at comic sketch art, like like the company that I interacted with for one reason or another at the show, super nice. Like none of them were assholes. They weren't like if you if you went up to just like talk to one of the creators, like they they weren't like pushy trying to get you to like pay or anything like that. Like. Sometimes, like, the celebrities will be like that. Like, if you don't want a signature and you just want to go up and meet them, like, the person working the booth will, like, be unhappy about that. And, like, all those people, like, they were super cool about it. Like, they understood that not everybody was there, like, for signatures. Um, But it was just, like, that's all, like, because there were a few books that, like, I brought with me to get signed because there were creators that, like, I don't see at too many of these shows. Um, And who knows, like, if they're going to go to, like, the other big ones. And, like, I get up there, and I'm, like, I'm not spending, like, 20 bucks to get, like, a book signed. Like, I don't need it that bad. It was more just, like, it's a good excuse to go up and talk to the person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's me. <laughs> um. No, I, trust me, I would, I, I always hated, uh, paying for the autographs and stuff. Like, that's why my, my best experience whenever it came to an autograph was getting, uh, JDF. And that's because, like, his was $5 for everything. A picture, an autograph, you get to talk with him for a bit, you get a poster for him to sign, like, everything. It was like, five bucks. He's like, I don't care about the money. I just, I have to do it, because they make me. I don't really care to get the money. But it's like, then, like, I went to Lou Frigno, who was, like, $60 to get a friggin', um, a a headlock. And then I think it was, um, uh, what's his name? Kevin Suckbo. He was charging like fifty dollars just for a photograph. Yeah, and like, I, that's that's normal prices for like plenty of other people are like significantly more. Like any of like the big names, you're looking at like a hundred dollars or more. Yeah, um, yeah. and like there's certain people like um uh Christopher Sabat and um Sean Schimmel, I think is how you say his name. Uh, the Goku and Vegeta. Uh, yeah, were there this weekend, and like they're like forty or fifty bucks. I've seen videos of like Chris Sabat's stuff, like. He seems super cool with everybody. Like, like he actually like has a conversation with you when you get up there, and it's not just like slide the thing, sign it, and off you go. Um, mm-hmm. but like both of them, like they have insane lines the entire time. Like it, it was honestly kind of sad. Like I walked back through like the the celebrity section on Friday, like afternoon ish. Um, like, well, I, I shouldn't say afternoon because the, the show didn't open till four, probably like around like six o'clock. I kind of walked back there and, um, Sean Schemmel was, was back there. His entire area was filled, like the entire like line section, just back to back person. Every other like booth that like the person was there, like at most, maybe like five or six people waiting. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, like Everybody is just waiting in this line, and I'm sure on Saturday it was even worth because they were both only there Saturday, and their booths yeah. were right next to each other. Oh yeah, people would get out of one and go right to the other. But like Nolan North was there, barely had a line. Wow. Yeah, though I know um the the guys who um from Red Dead Redemption were also there. 
Um, I don't know anything about, like, I think, like, the voice of the main guy from the first one and the voice of the main guy from the second one were, like, the two mm-hmm. voice actors there. Um, they ha- they seem to have steady lines the whole time, um, just from, like, what I gathered from seeing stuff online. And apparently we're also super cool, so that's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, um, I did end up getting lucky. So the guys that worked on Venom most recently, uh, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, after they wrapped up their, their Venom stuff, uh, they launched one of those sub stacks that a lot of like comic book people were doing. Um, and it's like subscription based. Like you can subscribe for free or you can like, it's like seven bucks a month and like you get access to like a bunch of different things. Like they'll, they, um, they release like their books like in pieces through the sub stack. So you kind of get the, to see like the whole process of like from like start to finish and stuff like that. Um, they actually on, I guess it was like Tuesday and the show opened on Friday. Um, sent an email to any of like the paid backers and basically said, Hey, if you're going to be at Fan Expo Philly, respond to this email and we will put you on the VIP list for our panel Friday night. And it was a ticketed event, which like the cheapest ticket for the event was $150. Um, and that's include like, and that doesn't include your pass to the convention. So like you need a badge to the show plus $150 ticket to get in. Um, and like that panel, it was like an hour Q and A, and then like um they they were like signing books, taking pictures. Um, they were you were getting um they gave like a um a print like a Venom print as well as um like two like limited like convention cover comics, and like they'd sign everything. They'd sign like three books for a person, you know, chat with them, take pictures. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Like that, like those guys like sent that out to like subscribers. It's like yeah, hey, like. You guys pay every month to see this stuff, so, like, come to this panel if you are in this city. And the impression I got was, like, it's a thing that they plan on doing, like, whenever they're both at a show and have those panels. Um, yeah. Which is cool, because, like, 150 bucks after paying for the um, the badge is kind of a lot. Um, it was funny, though. Like, apparently the convention didn't really know what was going on. So, like, they were, like nobody at the convention, like, pushed back on it, but... Like, you'd go up to them and be like, hey, like, this is why I'm here. Like, here's the email saying, like, to go in. And they're like, all right, hang on. I don't know anything about that. I have to, like, find out. Like, get, like I'm sorry. Like, please just hang out for, like, ten minutes while I figure this out. Yeah. Which I thought was amusing. But, yeah. It was a it was a good time. Like, I hope that they, like, get progressively better the way a lot of conventions do. And they don't kind of fall back into the Wizard World trappings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be nice for him this to stay something new and fresh in that wizard world because i just i think we we had a wizard world booth once and after then i was just like i don't need to go to wizard world i never need to go there again i had no push to go to it yeah i think i went maybe two more times after that and then just stopped Mm -hmm. like it it wasn't worth the cost to go like there was usually very little c but like this Mm -hmm. one like i said like other than like being in like what i feel was like one of the smaller halls um, it, they did a, they did a much better job. Like, like I had a legitimately good time Friday and Saturday and, uh, I'll definitely go back again next year. Um, and I, I honestly hope that they get a, a bigger space just so that they can bring more stuff in. I can understand why they would like err on the side of caution and like maybe not go too big the first year. Cause like there's still a pandemic going on. It's the first year after two years of not having any shows, um, mm-hmm. in that kind of area. So like, don't go too big. And then like, lose money <laughs> yeah 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 take it take it easy take it small and then see see where you can grow from there exactly uh but do you guys want to talk about ip man or yip man i don't i don't know however you say it 
It's it's I believe it's it's pronounced like Yip Man, like with a Y, but the Y is very very subtle. But yeah, let's get let's get into it. Uh, the book club for this week was Yip Man. Uh, it was a sort of fantastical biopic about Yip Man. He was the uh, what was it? Wing Wing Wing, Wing Chung? Chung. Wing Chung. Um, he's like the first grandmaster. He trained um, uh, Bruce Lee, and like this was his life from the during the w- w- there was there was, I don't even know what kind of war or what war it's it was, but it was World War Two. Was it yeah, World War Two? It was World War yep. II. Okay. Yeah, it, it was the Japanese occupation of China during World War Two. Yeah, yeah. the, the movie started in like thirty five or thirty six, and I think went to thirty nine. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because his son did not age up at all. Um, but yeah, it 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 was interesting to watch. It was it was very interesting to me. I I very much enjoyed it, and the um the choreography and the kung fu that they used, the the fighting that they used was really good. And I thought it was a mm-hmm. good story. It was an interesting story. What, but what about you guys? What did you guys think? The I mean, Hong Kong action movies always have stellar choreography and fights. Like they. Most of, most of the time in these movies, it's less actors being replaced by stunt doubles and martial artists that want to be actors. Yeah. So, like, the people doing the fighting are also trained martial artists, so there's not a whole lot of, like, you know, in The Matrix, like, they taught the actors, like, basic moves, but as soon as anything got serious, they were swapping them out for stunt doubles. Yeah, and doing face swaps to make sure that they still looked right. Yeah, whereas in this, like... Donnie Yen was actually like doing that stuff with his hands in yeah, and that mm-hmm. was insane. Like like some of, some of the movements were just incredible to watch. Yeah, it it just it it was really really fun to watch. Um, and how they how they moved around, how they reacted to each other's uh, uh, fighting styles. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for me at least initially, it seemed like the syncing for the audio was off a little bit. But it did get better throughout the movie. Uh, I didn't so, notice that at all. Th- so, like, the vocals, like, it looked like they're, like, it looked like it was dubbed in Mandarin from a different language. Like, I, I got th- only a little bit at the very beginning. Like, I had to rewind a few times just to be like, wait, huh? This this just doesn't seem to be matching. Uh, but eventually it, uh, it it did, and I got over it. But but I, I really, I really liked it. True. what did you think? I enjoyed watching it, especially the fight scenes were really good. I did kind of space out at parts of, like, just the, the story in between. It was like, okay, we get it. Like, oh, he's mad at them for doing whatever. And then also just, like, trying to pay attention to the subtitles. Like, I can't, I hate it, but... It, subtitles are one of those things where, like, you have to you have to watch stuff with subtitles regularly. To get the hang of being able to, like, read and watch and have it not feel forced. Yeah. And, like, even, like, I don't do it enough anymore that, like, I would, I had this the same thing where, like, it was just distracting trying to read the subtitles at some points. And I'm sure I missed a few things or at least, like, didn't, like, interpret them right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also, like, I honestly got a little bored during, like, a lot of the story bits, too. Like, it wasn't a bad story. It just, I didn't find it all that interesting. Yeah, exactly. You didn't find it interesting his his fall from grace and then re rise and uh I like I that's that's what I thought was was one of the more interesting things is it wasn't just about this guy who was always rich like once Japan took over and occupied that part of China they lost everything he ended up having to work probably for the first time in his life which is interesting to me as well um 
And, like, I, I don't know how much of it was real or fake. Like, I don't know if he actually fought the general or not. I but doubt like, that, but, like, he, like, him and his family really did flee from that, yeah. that t- city to Hong Kong in, like, 1945. Yeah. So, like, that was the thing, like, from the little bit I read online, like, he, f- like, him and his family fled from the, the city that they, they were based in to Hong Kong, but it was much later. It was, like, 1945 when they did that, not, like, 39, the way the movie sort of alluded to. Mm-hmm. Cause, like, and that was, like, you say, like, his, like, fall and rise, but, like, it didn't really feel like he had a rise. He just, you know, he fought the guy, he won, but then he basically had to, like, flee because Japan was still in control of the country at that point. Well, I, but, like, the rise, it's not just the rise, it's his rise in general. Like, he, he fit, like, he was this, this rich, well-off man who just was like, I'm not gonna train, I'm not gonna teach anybody, who fell into the, into the deep end, basically, because of everything that was going on, and then, started to rise back up, realize the the power that he had because of what he knew and what his responsibilities were, and then became, after after the events of the movie, became the Grand Master and became, like, this well-known martial arts teacher. It's, so it's like, it is, a, it is a fall from grace and then a rise, but it's not really from grace because he didn't, it wasn't his fault that he fell, but... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not a fall, it was a... They were invaded and conquered and had well, their I, lives. That's, that's like it's, you're it, you're you're looking at its semantics, though. Like you understand what I'm saying. Like yes. Like whether whether however we say it, it's he was up top. He everything was taken from him, and then he had to rebuild his life and the the ride the re rise that he had rebuilding his life. It it is in my opinion at least it, it, it it's a relatively inspirational story. And, and I just, I, 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 I can understand getting a little bored. Some of it was a little slow, but overall, like, I didn't find myself getting too bored. Like, there might have been one point where I was like, all right, this, this is maybe taking a little too long. But at, overall, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. And I just, I enjoyed it. I mean, and look, I don't. I don't think it was a bad movie. Like, I think Drew no. and I were just kind of on the same page where, like, some of, like, the, the, the story beats in between. And yeah, I think like, part of it may have just been because it was so much reading during those parts, too. Just felt like uh-huh. they dragged in, like, that's why I sent that, that message the other day where, like, it's not a bad movie, but it's a very long, it felt much longer than it actually is. Mm-hmm. It did. It, it, it really did feel longer than it actually is. At, at just under two hours, it did feel, after about a half hour of the movie, I'm like, how much longer do I have of this? And I still had an hour and a, almost an hour and a half left. I was like, oh, wow, I, we, I, I barely got anywhere into it. But it's also the way the, the storytelling where, like, it kind of just everything's up and then it just drops because of the war. And then, like, it's two different stories being told. One story being told before the war and then the story being told during. And the one other thing that I didn't particularly like and this could just be a thing of where i sort of missed something in the walls like the all the stuff with the like bandit gang like there's kind of not really a resolution to that or why were they ever there to begin with like they were just like thrown in so no guide rich well i mean one of them was the brother of the guy 
who he fought with right daily. like like yes that was like and, the only like meaning if that came out of that but like it felt like that bandit group was put in there just to like randomly give him a I, conflict with this guy i mean it was it was the bandit group was thrown in at the end to give him to give the big fight like it was legit it was it was most likely just thrown in to give the big fight i doubt that actually happened um but it like it, it was i don't i don't cuz like the, the the it was also a way to um it was a vessel to get the japanese to know where he is because he now fought the bandit group at the factory and the bandit group are the guys who told the japanese that he's there that he works there like if it weren't for that whole situation the japanese most likely never would have found him and so the leader of the bandit group was also the guy he fought at the beginning before the war. And so, like, he's trying, he, he, like, he was upset because he, his, his honor got ruined by it, man. But it, man's like, no, you, you're a great fighter. You could have taught here. This is all on you. And then he ended up just being an asshole and stealing from people because everyone was down in the dumps. Um, and then it just caused everything to turn around to where this is how it, man, was caught, captured and pushed into fighting general, uh, Miura. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely used it as, like, a a story catalyst. I think, like, it worked better. I That character, just in general, worked better at the beginning, kind of setting up that, like, it man was the, was the only one there that was actually skilled enough to, like, beat this guy. Because yeah. um, it, it, ju- it kind of set that expectation. Like, you see him fight the other, like, like uh, martial arts teacher and, like, just take him out. But, like, that mm-hmm. was a much more, like, friendly fight. Like, they weren't trying. And then when, like, the bandit dude showed up, like, he literally beat him with a fucking feather duster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, beat him bad. Like, embarrassed him. Um, but I, like, I agree. Like, when it came to him showing back up, like, at the, like, in the third act, it just felt like, okay, well, we just, we need something to get from this point to that point. So let's just make it that this guy's been, like, robbing people for a while and try- and extorting poor people. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was, it was, it was 100% just a vessel. It wasn't really meant for anything else but that, just a vessel. And it just, it also helped them put together the story with the brother and, like, have the brother come into play again. Yeah, which was also one of those kind of almost like blink and you miss it sort of things. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, like, one other line of dialogue when um when he gets to that, like, work crew the first time and, like, meets the guy that he'd sparred with that, like, worked at the restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. Where, like, if you if you miss that one line of sub like subtitled, um, you would not realize that this guy has never been able to find his brother in all of that time. Yeah. Um, and in which case, like that whole thing with the tin and all wouldn't really make any sense until the very end, where like it dawns on you, like, oh, like he hasn't seen his brother in like two years. I mean, but once he opened the tin and saw what it was, he would have understood everything. Like, oh, that's, exactly. That's, but like, it would have taken you to that point to realize. Yeah. Um. But like. I don't know, like, I would I would be willing to watch the sequels to kind of see where the story goes. Because, like, I think the character, like, the character is interesting in, in a way. I just think that, like, the way that they told the story just wasn't all that compelling. Yeah, I, I think I think it continues to still be a combination of biofic. Um, I don't know if it's, like, all fictitious or if it's all real. I think it's just a combination of, of all of it together for the other four. And I'm... I, I thought about watching 
another, uh, like at least the second or even third one after I watched this. Uh, but I watched this on Saturday or Sunday, so I ended up not watching any of the others. If like that's that's where it comes into the idea of if this weren't subtitled, I probably would have watched the sequels because I could have potentially done other things while watching it, like maybe like cleaned up or or whatever. But in it's like there, I'm fine with watching a bunch of episodes of an anime subtitled for sure. But like the way that Netflix had the subtitles for this, they moved way too fast that I had to rewind a few. Times. Oh, see, I never had a problem with them moving too fast. I, I read slow, so like get even, good, man. Even, <laughs> tell tell that to my brain, okay? Tell that to my brain. I feel like people people have been doing that for years. It hasn't had any any beneficial impact. No, no, not at all, not at all. But so it it looks like that like all the movies are at least loosely based on his life. Um, so like there are definitely um creative liberties taken. But it does kind of, like, it works its way through, like, the 30s where this movie is up until his death in the, um, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, one of them, he, he, he does have Bruce, it's not Bruce Lee, but he does have someone who's portraying Bruce Lee. Uh, um, every other movie after this one has at least a character meant to be Bruce Lee. Yeah. And in, in the second one, he's, he's like a kid who wants to train to beat people up. Um, but then in, like, the sequels, eventually, like, it's an older, like, actor portraying Bruce Lee. Yeah. I, I, uh, I almost watched Enter the Dragon after I watched this, too. So I was like, it, it, it suggested it. I was like, oh, I should. But then I added it to my possible suggestions of future, um, uh, book club books. Or book club movies. I was gonna say, we're not gonna read, um, <laughs> Enter the Dragon. Though, I, I mean, actually- we, technically we would be, because I believe it's also subtitled and not dubbed oh see i thought i thought that movie did have a dub to it no sure i've never I'm, i actually I don't feel think like I've ever watched it all the bruce lee movies are like the stereotype of the bad dub i think you're thing. right like i'm feel like that's where that comes from yeah, are like the bruce lee movies yeah like lips moving and then three seconds later the dialogue comes out uh-huh but um i've actually i've never watched a bruce lee movie so i don't know but it it, it looks like this movie in particular, um, it won uh, Best Film and Best Action Choreography at the um, the Hong Kong Film Awards the year it came out. So I guess 2008 or possibly 2009. Yeah, it must have been 2009 because this movie released in December of 08. Well, this movie mm-hmm. is much older than I realized. I didn't really it, thought it, about the fact that it was 2008 until I said it out loud. I mean, I thought it was older just based on how, like the visuals were and like oh uh, you thought it was actually from the 1930s no, no i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't think that but like the vis- visually it like early on at least it looked like it uh like it might have been like 80s or 90s in my opinion oh see i thought it actually looked a little like i thought it looked pretty crisp as far as like that went like i didn't think it was any like i honestly thought it was probably like from the 2010s but yeah, it was it was fine. A little boring here and there, but like the action scenes were good. I thought the the general like story was interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a good in movie. I, uh, yes, I said good in movie. Um, and I'll probably end up watching the other three as time goes on. There is uh, also maybe. a um uh, a spinoff. Is there? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh so boy. four more movies, which is fine. I've done it before. I've played seven Mega Man's. So. Master Z, It Man Legacy. Nice. I'll have to watch it. 
It's a, it, it takes place after the third movie. Okay. And it has Dave Batista, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, Mike, Mike Tyson's in, uh, three, I think. Yeah, two or three Tyson is in it as like a, um, uh, like as some sort of American, like, um, boxing promoter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it just gets, it does get weird after a while. Okay. So, so that spinoff movie, it has, um, Dave Batista and it also has, um, Michelle Yo, Yo. Um, I'm probably saying the name wrong. She's in that, um, she's in Shang-Chi. She is his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I okay. believe she is also in that new movie, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I need to watch that. That looks insane. It's apparently really good. I've heard a few people mention that. Um, yeah. like, she, she's a very good actress and has been in a ton of things, but most recently it was Shang-Chi as, as his mother. And then she is the, the main person in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the spinoff might actually, it's probably in English if Batista's in it. Or at least Probably. has a, at least has English, I should say. Yeah. Um. Anything else either of you want to say about the movie? I was. I. I feel like everyone give it a try. I mean, whether you like subtitles or not, just give it a shot. And enjoy it. I mean, it, it. It. It's under two hours. Like I realize I said it felt longer, but like it. It was still less than two hours. Yeah. Well, are you guys ready for the next pick? Sure. Or... What is it? What are we picking? All right. It's going to be two movies. Two movies. Yep. Hour and a half each. So they're not too long. Um, they're on Netflix. Um, I would like to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, because if I don't watch that like every other week, I don't, but like, so I, I should. I, I have never watched them back to back before, but I don't know how, how well either of you remember it. But the first one's actually pretty dark, um, both literally and figuratively. Um, mm-hmm. And the second one is way like lighter toned, like comedy. So, like, I'm just kind of curious, like, how jarring that is between the two. Like, watching mm-hmm. them, like, actually back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, look, like, you, you get Toka and Razor. You get, um, you get Casey Jones fucking flipping the, uh, the garbage truck lever when the shredder falls into it. Mm-hmm. Splinter makes a joke twice. Yeah. <laughs> I made a funny. Ha, 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 ha. And then I made another funny. Oh, and Vanilla Ice. And Vanilla Ice, absolutely. The Ninja Kevin rat. Nash. Oh, that's right. Kevin Nash is Super Shredder at the end there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those... Yeah. I I like both of those movies. It's been a very long time since I've watched the second one. I want to say I watched the first one maybe like five or six years ago. So, like, why why don't we just go, go for Gusto and do all three? That's a lot of movies, and the third one is actually pretty bad. So? So, like... Ninja Turtles. Who cares? I, I know we spent we, we've spent a few months like torturing Drew with some pretty bad stuff, but um, I don't want to do that to myself. Man, <laughs> Drew, Drew even came out and said he doesn't like movies in general. So I feel like TMNT three can't be worse than fucking Fantastic Four. Fuck it, let's do all three then. Um, oh, I'm not I saying can... <laughs> we should watch all three because that's a lot of movies to watch. It's 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 come on. Well, it's four and a half hours over the course of 14 days. How hard is it to fill, to, to, to be able to watch three hour and a half long movies? I'm assuming the third one is an hour and a half long. How I'm hard go- is it? To I'm going to check. Let, let's, let's see. Cause we've like the- done, we've done longer book clubs in, in two weeks with, with, um, uh, the Formula One doc with wrestling. Yeah, but wrestling, wrestling, we were able to watch sped up. I mean, I didn't, and that, couldn't. Because that was your I mistake. Was, <laughs> I was casting it. 
and start casting it, you couldn't watch it sped up, I don't think. Really? I don't think I was able to. I tried. Why can't I not find Teenage Ninja Turtles 3 on fucking Just Watch? Oh, there it is. It just, it does not have the right fucking cover. So I'm going to send this to you guys, because it's fucking funny. And then I will explain to everybody else what it is. What the fuck? So <laughs> if you go to Just Watch um, the and, and search Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, uh, the cover art, at least when I just searched it, was um, Teen Witch. And not like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like Teen Witch um, from like 19... I want to say it was like 88, but it might have been the early 90s. Mm-hmm. It had the really bad like white dude rapping in it. Yeah. It was not a good movie. Okay, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 is also about an hour and a half. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, we, we could do all three. It's on HBO Max. It's on it's on Netflix. They're everywhere. But you know what? I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, we can call the third one a bonus book. If we don't want to do all three, we can call the third one a bonus book. All right, let, let's do that. Let's let's see how everybody feels after watching the first two. Because, um, like, I honestly don't know if I would be able to get the third one in. Um, just, like, work is going to be busy for me over the next two weeks. Um, and there's no way Erica is going to want to watch all three of these. I'm all done this weekend, probably. Well, yes, because you, I, li- you live a sad, lonely life by yourself. Of course you can have them all done this I weekend. I literally have no time to watch any movies this weekend. I ha- My weekend is booked. <laughs> like, See, that just that blows I will my not mind be able that... to watch it. The earliest I'd be able to watch it, watch it if I don't feel like watching after work is next Saturday. <laughs> that blows my mind that, like... An hour and a half. You don't have an hour and a half, like, when you first wake up. Or between things, or before bed. Or, it just blows my mind. I mean, like... I, I mean, I do, theoretically. Do I want to? No. Like... Because that, that's the thing. Like, like, and I, I agree with that. Like, we have a bunch of stuff to do this weekend. Because, um, like, Sunday's Easter, so I think we're going to eat with my mom. Um, Saturday's my mom's birthday, so we're going to go over there to see her for her birthday. Um... And it's one of those, like, I don't want to wake up and, like, watch a movie. Like, Jesus. So much, so much dropping. Um, I don't want to, like, wake up at, like, 8 o'clock on a Saturday to, like, squeeze a movie in. Like, I'm going to wake up at, like, between 8.30 and 9, walk the dogs, do all that shit. Like, by the time I'm, like, I'm back and, and sitting down, it's, like, 10 o'clock. And at that point, like, it's Saturday. Like, Saturday's one of the only days I, pl- I get to play games. So I'm probably going to play games for a little while on Saturday before we go to my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at night, like, again, like, Erica's not going to want to watch these. I'm not going to force her to watch something that she's going to fucking hate. So, like, I go to bed five hours before she does on a a Saturday. Um, (laughs) There is no time for me to watch it before bed. (laughs) So, like, my movie watching is generally during the week. Like, either, like, over lunch, like, if work's slow, that sort of thing. Yeah. It just blows my mind. That's all. I understand. But like I've like I've literally said, I'd way rather do so many other things with two hours of time than watch a movie, even a movie I enjoy, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I liked those movies as a kid. I'd imagine I'm still gonna like them. Yeah, Drew, didn't didn't you and I actually watch the third one at my house? Like when I still live in Woodland. Fucking I feel probably. Like, I feel like I, that was a thing. I feel like like it was like right after it came out on video. Like my parents rented it and like. Uh, Almost certainly. Uh, like, I'd be shocked if that didn't happen, honestly. And you know like, what? In, in 1993, I did not know how bad Turtles 3 was. In 2022, I know how bad Turtles 3 is. Yeah, like, it's almost assuredly worse than I can... Uh, I remember. I will... The first but... one holds up. Like, it, it's a dark, gritty, kind of, like, comedy action movie. First one holds up. 
second one, maybe. I guess we'll <laughs> see. I hope it does, because I, I always had a soft spot for the second one, because it, it introduced, like, Kino, and Toka and Razor and Super Shredder, and, like, all that mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I just realized, Rich, that you sent over, you actually own all of the movies on DVD, or is that, are they Blu-rays? No, you you didn't even look at that at all. Oh, these are look, records, aren't look, they? It's it is a single record of the original '90s theme song or '80s theme song, whatever it is, plus a couple of other songs from like the games and stuff. Um, it's a, yeah, it, it's, I didn't it's a click on I didn't yeah. click on any of them at first. I was just looking at the small squares. Mm-hmm. So I um I I I rec- I bought that as an impulse buy after a few drinks. I don't have a record player. <laughs> Man, you are bad with your money, man. No, it, this was, like, I knew what I was doing. I had money, I had the money, and I bought it. I was like, I want this, this is cool. And record players aren't expensive, It's but it's just like, when I bought it, I straight up forgot immediately after I bought it that I bought it, and I never got around to buying a record player. I also own the Untitled Goose Game record, and I've owned that for close to two to three years, and I just forget that I have it, and I forget to get a record player. I have some old ones that probably don't work all out, out all that well, but, like, I probably need just a newer one anyway all right so your um, next like your next like stream goal should be to buy a record player and then try to play a record on stream <laughs> I, I, I would one fa- and like literally it has to be like you unboxing the record player you cannot practice ahead of time i want to see how many tries it takes for you to actually get the record to start correctly i the fancy friday passed and so we're going to be doing it on the 29th i'll be dressing up in a nice suit and everything on the 29th I plan on getting a record player by then, starting the night off with Ninja Turtles, and then putting Untitled Goose Game on afterward. And you're you're gonna stream yourself trying to set up the record player and everything? Yeah, it'll it'll be okay. set up fucking right next to me. Like it'll. No, no, like like I mean, like like I want to see you like stroke like st- like putting a record on is actually kind of hard if you've never done it before. Oh, I know. It, it'll be it'll be here. It'll be it'll be in view. Like it'll it'll you, you just got to be there and you got to watch. Just, be... just tur- make sure you turn your mic down a little bit because that that scratching is gonna kill oh, somebody. Oh, <laughs> well, I gotta figure out how to play it through. Like I'm I I'm I don't know if maybe a modern record player could have an aux cable that'll play through to my PC or something like that. Oh, probably. You, you can definitely you can get a USB fucking record player for sure. Um, yeah. but uh, your microphone is so fucking powerful that like. You can just turn the record player all the way down, and I'm sure your microphone will just I, pick up the actual needle spinning across the grooves. <laughs> I actually, on OBS, I I have messed with my mic settings, um, so it doesn't pick up my clicks and clacks and things like that. But it's only through filters on OBS. I need to figure out how to do that on my PC in general. OBS and even Discord actually have a lot of really good like noise gating and noise limiting yeah. features. Um, that like just nor like. You you have to like really tweak like um like Audacity or something to really like get that to happen. Otherwise, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ninja Turtles one and two at the very least, maybe three. I guess we'll we'll reconvene maybe next week and see if it, if it's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. So I figure if between Drew and I, if 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 we've each managed to watch maybe one of them before next week, I think like we can probably squeeze three in at that point. Um, if we haven't gotten to, we'll probably just stick to the first two. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, th- three movies in a week is, is probably pushing it a little bit, for even for me, who, like, I enjoy watching movies. Uh, but, yeah, it sounds like a good next book club. Are we ready to move on? We are. So, you uh, you saw Sonic 2. Bro, I saw Sonic 2. Don't spoil it, because I, I want to see it. It's just not a uh, yes. it's not a theater movie for me. That movie's great, man. It is great. 
Uh, I was afraid it wasn't going to hold up to the first one, and I think it at least holds up to the first one. Um, it's got the the great. It's got the similar sonic humor that um, that that the first one has. Knuckles is written fantastically in this. Tails is awesome. Um, I, I just the whole thing like it just once it like it 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 has a little bit of a a, a slightly slower start, but once it gets going, it's just nonstop. And it, it just, it, it gives you all, like, the nostalgia factors. It gives you everything that, like, you kind of are hoping for in a Sonic 2 after seeing Sonic 1. Like, it's like, there, it's, it's, y- there's no real, like, spoiler except for something that happens at the very end. Like, because it's a Sonic movie. So, like, what, what are you afraid it's gonna be spoiled for you? Like, there is one thing that I won't talk about, and I'm not going to talk about specific instances of a movie, but, like, it's it's just, it's definitely a children's movie, so there's not going to be major, oh my god, spoiler happened, type of thing. But it's just, it was it was so fun to watch. I, I, I caught myself getting a little uh, teary-eyed and a little, little nostalgic. Now, at um, any point, did they play the Saturday AM intro? I don't know if I know that intro. It's the, it's the Blue Streak Speeds by... Sonic. No, no, they didn't. No, that's, they didn't do that. They that, uh, that's chili it. dogs, chili dogs. That's all I got to say about those. No, that that that's from There's, Sonic Adventure. That that's from but, weekday afternoon. No one gives a fuck about chili dogs. But the chili dogs are all over that. Um, he he loves chili dogs. Uh, let's Was see. Was Urkel in it at all? I don't think uh Jaleel is in it at all. How th- they need to get that? They they need to have him cameo. Like not as like a voice. Like literally, just have fucking Jaleel White like as like. A random cameo as himself, not as a character, as himself. No, no. What they need to do is they need to like now that like potentially Sonic is like a more known name in the world. Like they need to create a cartoon of Sonic and have Jaleel White voice that Sonic cartoon voice in the show and make it just super meta humor. That would actually be kind of cool. Um, but like it's just there's there's one part where like he he spins in the ball and it actually has the. noise that it does and it just it made me so excited um and it's just it it they 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 lost they missed me on one thing like they they i was like you should have you should have done it on just one thing and there is a scene i believe it's in the trailers there's a scene where he's snowboarding down a mountain and they didn't have the city snowboard song from sonic adventure 2 battle rolling around at the speed of sound that one like they didn't have that in the background they really should have. I'm they, still disappointed they didn't have the Saturday AM theme, so we're both I, disappointed. Yeah. Because, um, like, they even got some bigger songs, too. Robotnik does some stuff where they had some bigger songs. Um, there is a, a post credit scene or a mid credit scene, not a post credit scene. There is a mid credit scene, which it kind of... I, I'm kind of a little bummed out that they went with that route instead of a different route, and you'll understand when you see it. But... Uh, it's just, I, I wish they did something a little bit more different, and maybe they might still bring what I want in on, on Sonic 3, but it's just, yeah, I, I absolutely, I adored the movie, I want to go see it again, I want to try to get the Brose Bros to go see it, because it's, as dumb as it sounds to say, because we, there's only one Sonic movie before this, it's tradition for the Brose Bros to watch a Sonic movie together, um, because we were 100% for Sonic 2019, uh, slash 2020, whenever the original came out. It was 2020. Yeah, it was February 2020, right? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's such, it's, it's so good. 
And I, 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 I love, I love their casting for Sonic. Having, having Ben Schwartz as Sonic is just so great. Yeah, he, I, he was a good, a good cast for that. I just, like, I just, I can't, I can't stress enough how much I love how they writ Knuckles. Like, how, how they, they written, how they wrote Knuckles. <laughs> written, writ, you know, but, you, you know, look, words, no good. Um, but how they wrote Knuckles is just, I, I loved it so much. Um, yeah, I just, I, I was on Cloud Nine after watching it. I really was. Did, did either of you guys see them? Um, I think it was IGN was interviewing like the, the stars and they had, um, the, those fuzzy Xbox controllers that Microsoft was releasing. No. Did they? Yeah. And like one of the people they, um, they interviewed about it was, um, was Idris Elba who like, oh God. <laughs> like he like took the, th- like he looked at the thing and like literally like, like recoiled from it at first. And then he's like, can I touch it? And like he picked it up and was like, 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 like playing around with it, he pressed the button, like the the power button on it, and it lit up. And he's like, "Oh, look at this! It it lights up!" Like showing like the button. And then like legitimately thought that like the guys from IGN made it as like a joke. Did not realize that it was like a legitimate controller. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very funny. I mean, it, th- those controllers are weird as shit, man. I don't know why you would do that. Like I was playing some games on mouse and keyboard, and my hands started to sweat. Like I can only imagine how how it would go with. With something like a furry fucking controller. Well, no, they they would keep your hands dry because like you, you you just have built in towels into the controller at that point. <laughs> but, but gross, man! Like you have to brush those things like every day. Oh man! Like I I have a couple of Funko Pops. The the, the knuckles that I used for today's uh, post on on uh, for one quest is flocked, and I'm afraid to touch it because I know how like potentially greasy or just sweaty my hands can be. That like I make sure to like wipe my hands off super well before I touch it. Why don't you like, just wash your hands more often, man? Uh, well, I do, but I'm just saying, like, even after washing my hands, I'm just like, this thing is flocked. I don't want anything getting on it. And I just I constantly make sure my hands are clean before touching a flocked uh, pop. I think I've got two of those. Yeah, Carrara and now say that uh, five times nuggets. fast. What? <laughs> what did I say? Is it like something about like like washing your hands before you touch a flocked pop? Okay, I don't know exactly what I said, so I can't say if I turn. Man, pay attention to what you say. I don't pay attention to anything. You know that. That's valid. That's valid. Uh, but yeah, go 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 check out Sonic too. I we need a third. We need a trilogy for this. Um, and then we need Sonic and Knuckles, and then we need Sonic Adventure. Then we need Sonic Adventure Two, and yeah, then I'm- we can stop after that unless they decide to do like Sonic and the Dark Knight. But we don't really need that one. Yeah, I definitely do want to see the movie, but it's definitely a movie I'm going to wait for it to hit, like, VOD. Because, mm-hmm. like, I didn't see the first one in theaters. I don't, like, while I enjoyed the first one, I don't feel compelled to, like, see this one in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other movies I kind of, I would kind of rather see, like, Doctor Strange is coming out soon. Um, I do want to see that, the, what we were talking about before, the everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. So... But I'm glad I'm gl- I'm glad it seems like it, it was a good movie. It's getting pretty good reviews. It's doing great at the box office. All that fun stuff. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a it's a like it's obviously not a blockbuster masterpiece or anything like that. Like I don't know. I don't really know if a blockbuster masterpiece, um, if it would be one. I don't know if that's how blockbuster made their money was saying masterpieces. But uh, and that's probably why they're no longer in existence. But like it's not. It's obviously not a masterpiece. But it's I was just, gonna say. So Blockbuster didn't make masterpieces. I I know. I was <laughs> I was being joking. I was being facetious. Okay. 
Let no, me just go with no, the bit. No, and, it's and not it okay. Just go with the bit and keep and just keep it going. I was trying to. I was I was waiting for you to actually make like a that's why they're out, out of business remark, but you didn't. I mean, I did. I didn't hear that. I said that's that's why they don't have. That's why they're not around anymore. That's uh, why they don't have it. I missed that. See, see, you're getting mad at me for not paying attention to what I say. No, you were you're the one so, getting mad. I'm. You're fine. the one. You're the one who's <laughs> supposed to be active listening. Man, man, you all know we tone we tune out as soon as you start talking. I know. I know. That that's it's, it's almost as if I said the word monster hunter or something. I was gonna say that that's why every time that um that we do bonus action, everyone does the exact opposite thing that you wanted them to do. No, it's, that's just D and D. That's just how D and D works. No, they just do, they do the exact opposite of anything. Like you're like, okay, they're probably gonna do this. Nope, they do the complete fucking opposite. No, I mean they've 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 not really gone too far off my plans. Like not, at least you, last time you had no plans. You're like, I didn't plan anything. I don't know what to do. No, I I planned things. It's just it's hard to get it down on paper because I didn't know the path that they were gonna go. So it's just I'm just fucking with you. I know. I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, definitely go see Sonic 2. No, I already said that. I'm going to wait for VOD. And we all know Drew's not, not going to go to a fucking movie theater I'm, to say it. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners. Well, you got to be more specific. They know who I'm talking to. Well, do you want to move on? No, I want to keep talking about Sonic 2. All right, so we're going to talk about the bubble next? The yeah, the, the bubble that he sucks up when he's in the water. <laughs> Uh, so Drew, the bubble was um it's a Netflix original. It's a Judd Apatow movie. Um It okay. protects you from ring from getting hurt when you get hit and you don't lose rings. That's only in Sonic Three. I'm pretty sure there's a bubble in Sonic One and Two. There's a green bubble. No, no there's a shield. It's a shield, a bubble, it's the same thing. No, there's, no, there's literally there's a, a bubble, bubble in Sonic Three. That... There is a bubble in Sonic Three, it makes you bounce. It's right. I forgot about yep. that. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the bubble, the movie, it's Judd Apatow movie. Um, it stars uh, David Duchovny and Karen Gillan and Leslie Mann and Pedro Pascal and some other people who I'm drawing a blank on at the moment. It's an Apatow movie, so it has everyone in it. Well, no, it, like it, like um, fucking. There's no Paul Rudd. There's no um, Seth Rogen or any of those other people that are usually in his movies. Paul Rudd's a Marvel star now. He's not going to go to an Apatow movie. Sure, he will. He's just, he's Paul Rudd. He'll he just shows up places just because he wants to have a good time. Yeah, he'll, he'll troll Conan on his audio podcast with a video. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. It's it's amazing. It's amazing that he still does that to Conan. But, like, literally, Paul Rudd is so nice. I bet, like, it, he, if he heard there was a Judd Apatow movie, he might just show up, like, thinking he was in it. And, like, not being sure, but not wanting to ask because he wouldn't want to sound rude. So he would just, like, show up and be like, hey. If, if, if we had Paul Rudd's contact information, he'd come on the show. That's how nice he is. Probably. Probably. But, yeah, um... It's so the movie is um kind of like like a it's a, it's like a like um like a satirical comedy sort of thing. Um, everyone is playing actors who they are um all stars of this fictional like Jurassic Park esque film franchise, um like big monster movie um called Sky Beasts. So it's basically all just a bunch of flying dinosaurs, but not like pterodactyls. Like they, they look like T Rexes, but with wings and like, but slightly smaller. It's very weird. Okay. Um, and so it's being shot during the pandemic, so they have to quarantine and everything. That's why it's called the bubble because they're in their like quarantine bubble. Okay. Um, so like they go to like this fancy hotel in England and they all have to quarantine for two weeks and then they film the movie and then somebody gets sick and they have to quarantine again and it's a lot of like just the actors interacting like between filming 
and like uh, their slow descent into madness as they kind of go crazy because like this um i think it was supposed to be a three-month production becomes like six months because like shit just keeps going wrong Mm -hmm. um oh fred armison is the director he's like an indie director that like won an academy award for like his like low budget indie film that he did and now he's been tapped to like direct like this big blockbuster Uh movie um sure he's great um uh uh, Kate McKinnon plays like a studio executive. John Lithgow um, plays like a higher up studio executive. Um, John Cena makes a cameo as um, an incompetent uh, stunt coordinator, but he, he, I think he is quarantined separately, so he's in his scene on like a Zoom. So he's like on an iPad on a stick, and like the stunt doubles are like acting out the things he is talking about doing while holding this like broom with an iPad attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, it's it's not like it's not the best movie in the world, but it I thought it was entertaining and and goofy. Um, like if you're if you're looking for like something with like a a powerful performance or like an important like story, um, definitely not it. Um, definitely probably like a weaker story as far as like the Apatow movies go. Um, yeah. probably because they were leaning into like the whole pandemic thing a little too much, and I feel like it's not even so much that like too soon. It's just like it's not that funny. Um. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, the cast is really good, and the cast seems to be having a good time with it. So all the stupid gags do do actually work better than, than you'd expect them to. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro Pascal was great. Oh, and um, uh, the the girl that played Borat's daughter is also in it. And she she has wonderful comedic time, and, like, she was wonderful in that, in that Borat se- sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Pedro Pascal plays, like, kind of like a scumbag actor. Like, the first thing he does in the movie is, like, try to sleep with people. And then, um, at one point, like, because they're all kind of just, like, losing it because they're constantly in quarantine and stuck on this production, um, he basically just, like, pulls out all of the drugs. And it's, like, he has so many drugs, even though they've already been there for, like, six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's worth watching, I think. It's, it, it's, like, two hours, so it's a little long, but it's not, like, the worst. Yeah, and, and I've, uh... Who had somebody on it? I think Conan had somebody who was on the on the movie um, recently, and I just it's it's definitely a a story that I'm interested in seeing. Um, I just yeah, I I just I forgot that it was out. Like even after watching watching that um, or listening to that podcast, yeah, it actually comes out on it came out on April Fool's Day because they had actually um, one of the trailers they released as a joke was a trailer for the Sky Beast movie, or whatever the, the actual franchise is called. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was them basically acting really cheesy. Um, and then you find out that it's actually a trailer for this movie where, like, they're the actors in this other movie. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I enjoyed it. Um, I'd get, it's like a three out of five. Like, you know, it's enjoyable. It's not, it's, it's not something that you're going to think about for years to come, though, or probably want to rewatch. But definitely worth watching at least once. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then Rich, you played this uh, uh Return to Dark Tower. Are we gonna just skip number six? Oh fuck yes, I I I can't read. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is is a thing. Did did either of you watch the trailer? I I did. I I watched it just before recording, even though I know nothing about really what happens in Kingdom Hearts. So I watched. It, I was like, yeah, sure, fucking Kingdom Hearts is happening. I guess. Yeah. yeah so I don't know how like the series ends at all. But there, there's a few important takeaways from here. He's suddenly in the real world, which looks weird. But uh-huh. also, his feet are regular sized. Fucking Sora wears clown shoes. Mm-hmm. 
when when did his feet become normal size? Because I was under the impression he just had big feet. So I, I watched a video or two about it, and from what I can understand and what I can gather, Sora basically dies at the end of Kingdom Hearts three, but sure. like doesn't doesn't die, but like dies kind of. And this is essentially like this is essentially the real world, but the best way to put it is uh in Elden Ring terms, this is the world between. And so, like, this is sort of the afterlife, but not. Um, yeah, the, and s- the girl that, like, came into the room said it was, like, the afterworld or something like that. Yeah. And she is a lead character from the cell phone game that's going on. Oh, okay. Or not, not like a playable character, but she is a lead character. She is, she is a main character in the cell phone game. Um, but it's not really... And they're gonna have, based on the, the trailers and stuff that they showed for, at the event... There's going to be some stuff finalizing that game coming out. So maybe it plays into it. But according to Square, you don't like she's mysterious. So like you don't actually have to know to know, but maybe it'll help just like every fucking thing else in Kingdom Hearts. If you played Kingdom Hearts one, two and three, you don't you'll be fine. Like you're you might be a little lost, but so is the creator. So it's fine. Yeah, like. So I, we should probably set expectations right now too. The, this game got announced um, in April of 2022, part of the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. I don't think Which, we're going to see this game until at least 2027. The 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts—that blows my fucking mind. Like I can't believe 20 2002 was the the, the first Kingdom yep. Hearts. Like it it blows my mind. Um, I I have I have higher hopes in that though. Um, because. Some of the gameplay that we saw, or some of the the, the, the trailer that we saw, um, it was gameplay. They do have gameplay up. Like it might be very basic alpha, like still figuring things out. But that was some of it was gameplay. So I'm thinking maybe maybe next year. No, there there's absolutely no, no way, way we will get Kingdom <laughs> Hearts four next year. Because um, also keep in mind, um, I am pretty sure that. Tetsuya Nomura is still working on this, right? Yeah. And he is also working on Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two as the creative director. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... That... I have I have less faith in getting Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two before getting Kingdom Hearts IV. I, I mean, put that we're not getting right either away, of like... them anytime soon. But no, I, I, we're going to get Kingdom Hearts IV first. A hundred percent, we're going to get that first. I, I will... mean make a bet with you on this and fine, easily take fine, your money. <laughs> fine. I will buy you Final Fantasy 7 Remake if that comes out before Kingdom Hearts. You have to buy me Kingdom Hearts if it comes out before Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2. I mean, they're both going to be $70 games, so... I'm that, But if it's not coming out for seven years, like Cobb is saying, I can save $10 a year and still buy it for it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I don't think we're getting 7 Remake before we get we haven't seen anything from 7 Remake 2 yet. They haven't sent any... It's they cool. Kingdom Hearts 3 took six fucking years. We but, saw that game for six years before it okay. came out. How long did we see Final Fantasy 7 Remake before that came out? Probably also six years. Yeah. Okay, look, neither of them are coming anytime soon. But keep in mind, like, this is not just them iterating on Kingdom Hearts 3. This game is obviously built on a new engine for next gen hardware. It's it is un- not it's, a two, it's not a two year development they're, cycle. They're they're using they're currently what they had showed 
was Unreal 4, and they're upgrading to Unreal 5. The yeah. only reason, the only reason Kingdom Hearts 3, or one of the only reasons, one of the big reasons why it took so long, was because they were using their proprietary engine, and then moved it to Unreal 4, which was a lot fucking harder than moving from Unreal 4 to Unreal 5. Absolutely, but I'm not talking about the engine they're working on, like, by itself. I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 was, like, they built that on previous-gen hardware where they had already upgraded most of their existing games to that with all those re-releases, so they had similar assets they could sort of, like, work with. This game looks entirely different than Kingdom Hearts. They're rebuilding everything from the ground up. That's going to be at least a five-year development cycle. And Kingdom Kingdom Hearts 3 came out in 2020, right? So... 2019. Oh, fuck you. Was it really 2019 that Kingdom Hearts 3 came out? Yep. Holy shit. If it came Um, out in 2020, it would have been eight years between... Or seven years between when it got shown off originally and when it finally came out. Well, I definitely first debuted in 2013. I definitely thought that three and Final Fantasy VII remake came out the same year. I thought three Kingdom Hearts three was like January and Final Fantasy VII was like April. Fuck me. Um, but that's why I said like it's going to be at least like four to five years from the from when they're announcing it because Square is not good at about releasing games on time and Nomura takes his fucking time. Like it's not a bad thing because like. Take time. Like, don't rush it out. Like, don't put out a broken game. Look at fucking Cyberpunk. <laughs> according according to Polygon, um, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link does not have a release date. So this is the there there there's something coming out. So I was Missing Link. I think anything, is the is the missing, a, um, iOS Android game. Yeah, that doesn't have a release date. That's scheduled to come out 2022. And I believe Missing Link is where the girl that is in Kingdom Hearts Four. I think that's where she is in from. So. Uh, we should, I don't know, like, either way, uh, Drew, I'm making this bet with you. I will buy you Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two if it comes out before Kingdom Hearts. Where this is on record, this is recorded. Only if you promise to buy me Kingdom Hearts f- 4 if, if that it comes, comes out, out before, before FF7 Remake Part Two. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I will win this bet, we, and it's not even going to be close. We have seen more for Kingdom Hearts 4 than we have for Final Fantasy Part Two. Sh- sure. We've seen a super generic trailer that had like, game that had active gameplay in it. Did it though? It like, did. That's a vertical slice. You cannot say active gameplay. Like I understand that that looks like gameplay, but like there is a good chance that is not what gameplay will look like. Like that is what these con- like. Unfortunately for like the people that's at whatever studio makes this at Square, like that that was like a like a fucking E three thing where like. They had to had to carve out a piece of the game they're making that like probably doesn't exist. Like what they showed probably does not exist in a real fashion in the game yet. Right. Because that because of how game development is, they probably had to take like three months to make that piece of gameplay, and then they have to go and be like, all right, well, can we make this piece of gameplay fit into the game now, or do we just like push this to the side and hope no one asks about it later? Like game development's fucking rough. And, like, I don't want the, like, I mean, look, I, like, I, I have to play every Kingdom Hearts game, basically, still. Um, I've played, like, the first two and 3D. But, like, I don't want this game or Final Fantasy VII to come out too soon. I want them to take as much time as they need to make a game that is worth playing. Um, and, like, building it on next-gen hard, on, well, on, like, current-gen hardware on PS5 and Xbox, like, take your time. Like, m- make sure you learn how to use that hardware, because that hardware is way more powerful than what you're used to. And, like, 
I'd rather have the game look as good as it possibly can and play as good as it possibly can than have it, like, come out and, like, be broken or buggy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like, the Namora just takes his time. Like, the dude is crazy. Like, in a good way, mostly. But, like, still. Like, he has no idea what he's doing with this. Apparently, the, the Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to kickstart the Lost Masters arc. Like, yeah. this is the first game of many. We're going to have another 30 fucking Kingdom Hearts games that make no sense <laughs> in any order. Yeah. Like, seriously, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. There are 8 games. I'm sorry, there are 7 games between Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Only mm-hmm. one of them is a numbered Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> That's insane. Also, it looks like, um, Drew, for what it's worth, it looks like Kingdom Hearts 3 started early development in 2010. Oh, I'm just saying from the time we saw Kingdom Hearts 3. The first trailer was E3 2013. (laughs) It doesn't feel that long ago, but at the same time, like, it feels so much longer ago. I think 2013's almost a decade ago. Think about that. No, no, I know. That's what I mean. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it was a decade ago, but it... E3 died since then. (laughs) E3 doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) That is fair. That is fair. Rich, did you ever finish all the Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I stopped at 3Ds. Okay, so um, you still have, like, 18 more to go. No, I have uh, two more and then Kingdom Hearts 3, so three more. Did you I do Birth think. by Sleep? Um, I, hold on, let me look up the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the game order. Yeah, so I know Birth by Sleep takes place at a different point than Dream Drop Distance, but came out before. That's why I wasn't sure if you were playing, like, release order or, like, chronological. I was playing um in whatever order the um the collections fucking had them. In. And oh, and I the collections finished... were weird because of the way that they were broken up into like those and like I... remixes and shit. Yeah, and like I know I finished like one point five, two point seven, or like whatever it was. Um, uh, games. Let's see. I did Chain of Memories. Did two. I did uh because Recode is just the sh- or three fifty eight by two was just the um. Yeah, 358 by 2 was just the narrative where you watch. Birth by Sleep is prequel. Uh, I did Birth by Sleep. So yeah, 3Ds is what I, what I was on. Okay. Um, which is just dream, yeah, it's, uh, um, dream drop distance. And then I guess it's Unchained would be the next one. But that's just like a remake of the first one or something like that. I have to go back and play it, but I stopped like, uh, maybe like a, an hour or two into 3Ds because I just, I killed myself in playing all of the rest of them that I just kind of needed that break. But I do, ever since the announcement of this, I do plan on going back. Um, it's probably not going to be on stream because Square is fucking rude when it comes to music. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably end up just playing those on my own. I've been wanting to replay uh, Remake Part 2 or, or Final Fantasy Remake. And, and, uh, the Yuffie expansion. I've been wanting to play those on stream again. But the one time I played the Yuffie expansion, I got hit with a cop. It wasn't like a strike or whatever. It was like, it was like, hey, you can't take any money from this one. Kind of, or it was one of them, like a warning. It was like a copyright warning because of fanfare. And I've talked to other streamers, like, just play it without music. I'm like, what's the point of playing a Final Fantasy without the music? What's the point of playing a Square game without the music? And I mean, that's, Square is just yeah. That that's a lot of the Japanese publishers are like that because th- it's not them; it's their fucking legal bots. It, it's just, yeah, but like Square is very known. Like literally, it was like two seconds of the of the piano music. Like I can't even go 
dun, dun, and because you know we're gonna get strict because the square there there will be a square bot that'll hear that and know that I was trying to do the little piano music. You know, it's most Japanese game companies like Square, Nintendo, like they they're all super aggressive with that, and it's it's their shitty bots. And then like you you file the like um fair use claim or whatever, and it takes them three weeks to like approve it. And at that point, you're not like you're past the point of monetization anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've I've also I've played Mario games and stuff on stream. Haven't gotten hit. So um, I've um, played Nintendo is more um aggressive on YouTube. Like if you upload yeah. your stuff to YouTube, you're more likely to get copyright strikes there. Yeah, but it's just it's it's ridiculous. So it's like I, I do want to. I might go back to 3ds. I might try playing it on stream, but probably not because of how long it takes me to play. RPGs on stream in general. I'm still playing Elden Ring. Still. You never finished Pokemon, right? I never went back to Pokemon, so once I beat Elden Ring, I'm gonna go back to Pokemon. Um, so yeah, I just... I can't do... I wanna do Tales of Arise, but I just... I know that'll take me for fucking ever on stream as well, unless I stop with everything else and just play Tales of Arise. And I, I just... I don't know if I can do that on stream. I just don't really know if I can do that anymore. I like I like the little changing up of games each day and stuff. I don't know, man. Maybe you should just learn to play games straight through. <laughs> I that's what I used to do. Um, Fifteen hour sessions every day. I mean, at this point, I probably could. The whole point of like limiting how long my stream would be was because of uh, trying to get affiliate and three uh, three viewers, uh, an average of three viewers. Now that I have affiliate, I don't need that average anymore. It doesn't fucking matter what my average is. I can have an average of one viewer. I'm still getting ad revenue. So I could do 15-hour streams at this point. Do it. Do it, but you coward. <laughs> I don't... I mean, that's not going to push me to do it. It's not. But it's also... Um, I get it. You're scared. It's fine. And no. It's it's also finding a... Or getting getting a capture card to stream my PS5 onto my um, PC. That's the other thing Man, that I need. You, you bought a $75 Godzilla. Buy yourself a fucking $100 capture card. You see, here's the thing. There hasn't been anything that's really pushing me to play my PS5 on stream right now. So, like, I don't really You were really just talking about all these games you wanted to play. I was talking about Kingdom Hearts. I don't need to play it. The only game I really want to get and play right now is Sifu, but I could get that on Epic if I wanted to. So it's not even that big of a deal. Excuses, excuses. It's not excuses. I don't need it. I well, don't. Do you want to tell I need it. Do you want to talk about Dark Tower or the return of the yes. Dark Tower? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it was... Return to Dark Tower was the remake of a game from, like, the 80s. Or it's like a pseudo-sequel to a game from, I believe, the 80s. I don't really know much about it, but Eric kickstarted it because that's what he does. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 we, we, we got to actually play it. He got it a few weeks ago, and his birthday was this past weekend, so I made it a point to go over and hang out with, with, with him for his birthday and play some board games. And it was it was really fun. It was really cool. So it's, um, from what I can tell, four players max. You each pick a region to start in, so north, south, east, or west. And you sync up this tower to a tablet. And the tablet will do all the card drawing and, like, run the tower. The tower is, like, kind of a character in and of itself. And so on your turn, which, um, the, the game is broken up into months and then turns. So, like, month one, uh, will have... St- X, I believe month one has enough turns for, uh, how did it go? Or was that a, di- yeah, because each player had a turn. And so the turn, like turn one was Eric's turn and then turn two was my turn. Month one, I believe each 
character had a turn. And then from that point on, month two could have, uh, like, they said an average of seven turns per month. So you could have four turns. You could have eight turns. It's an average of seven turns per month. And in that time, you have to figure out ways to build up your army, to uh, explore dungeons and quests, to complete side quests, uh, to, to, to gather equipment and, and, and resources in order to fend off the enemies that are on the board, and then use this tablet to fight the enemies while keeping track of the resources you're using while fighting the enemy. And then lastly, um, at the end of your turn, you drop like a little skull into the tower itself. And then that'll actually move the game forward on the tablet because it's connected via Bluetooth. So it senses the skull. And if the skull lands on like one of the sections or comes out of the, uh, the tower, you have to place it on a building somewhere. And it's just, it's, it's a very neat, interesting game that is a very strong strategy, um, uh, feel to it that is bad to play with Eric because he doesn't think about strategy. That sounds about right. Sounds like an interesting game, though. It is. It was really cool. So, like, there's there's a bunch of different scenarios, and there's even, um... So, you play video games a little bit, but you don't really play uh, open-world games or survival games. Like, some games have a seed, like a world seed. Um, where, like, if you type in the numbers, or if you type in the set of characters, for instance, when I play Seven Days to Die, I can type in um, one quest, and that'll generate a world off of the list of characters that I made. And my world seed would be one quest, and it'll generate whatever kind of world... It'll generate a map based on that. Um, in this game, there are seeds that you can... that are generated with your playthrough um, that you can actually post online. Like, hey, we did this quest on this seed with this difficulty or whatever, and we beat it in this time. And you can throw your stats up there and other people can go on and they could try it and see if they can do better or, or, or how they can do it with you. Or if like you find a really fun seed, you can like, Hey guys, we found this really fun seed. It wasn't too difficult. Come check it out. It's this with this quest. Like it's, it's, it's really cool that like, even if you play the same quest, each game is going to be different. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that, that does sound like it, it would be a cool game. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I don't really like is the, sort of action economy in the game itself. So you get movement, you get a reinforcement, and then you get an action. That's really all you can do on your turn. Your turn, you can move up to X amount of spaces based on your speed. So my character was four, Eric's character was three. Um, you can do a, quote, reinforcement in any of the spaces that have a city. Uh, so, and each character's is a little bit different. So, like, uh, I could, um, if I, if I reinforced for free that I, uh, and in a, in a citadel, I believe I could get a potion, or if I spent five magic, basically, I could unlock a special, like, a, a passive ability for me. Um, each character also has a special starting ability so that once they start their turn, they can use it, but if they don't use it at the start of their turn, they cannot use it at all. Um, which is really mostly if, affecting, like, characters who have movement-based starting abilities. So, like, Eric's starting ability was, the start of his turn, if he uses his banner, he gets five warriors, just right off the bat. Whereas my starting is, I can move to anywhere in the region I'm in. So, if I'm starting on the corner, and I need to get to the re- say I'm starting on the southwest corner of the south, 
and, or the western corner of the south, and I need to go to the west, I am using my banner ability is pointless because I can't, I can't move any further west. But if I'm on the west and trying to get to the east, I could move myself to the other side for free without using any of my movement or any of my speed. Um, we only played with the two characters. I don't know what the other characters are. Uh, but it's just when it comes to using your action, your action can be cleanse, which is remove all the skulls off of a region, which if a region has more than three skulls, uh, it gets destroyed. So you need to keep cleansing that. Also, if you okay. run out of skulls to drop into the tower, the game is over. So you need to keep cleansing to get the skulls. So that's fine. You cleanse if you whether you cleanse one skull or three skulls, you you have that's your action is once you you cleanse all the skulls. But then if you were to fight a, a monster as your action, it does this little mini game on the tablet where you count your your um your what's it called? Your resources and everything, your your advantages and you figure out what you can you can use to attack the enemy. And you do this little card game where you pull cards and, like, that's not too quick, but that's not also not slow. But it's like, my action to just take skulls away, or my action to fight this thing that takes a few minutes, are the same thing. But where I get a little frustrated is if you use your action to quest. You can either have a quest where it's just, here's two items, a fetch quest, where it's just, you hold the button and it's done... Or you go diving into a dungeon where you could be sitting there for five minutes or more, going through the dungeon, counting your resources, trying to decide the strategy and best path, going into each room. That's all one action. And to me, it just kind of feels a little, a little dirty. Like, either here's three skulls, or here, do this whole other fucking side game as a single action. Yeah, that does sound like a lot. Like, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I, it would be fine if it's like you can cleanse, like you can cleanse multiple cities or whatever, or like if, like if you choose the cleanse, you can do that twice, or if you choose, um, the uh, the battle a monster, you fight all the monsters on the on the on the space you're on or something like that. That would be to me better, but like the fact that cleanse is just one or. Fighting a monster is just one, but doing a quest and going into a dungeon is all of this. It just kind of, it was a little bit of a bummer because Eric ended up doing all of the dungeon crawling and I ended up just getting stuck cleansing the entire time. I even got an ability later in the game where I could use the cleanse ability and cleanse any spot on the map. So I just didn't move. And I was like, all right, my, I cleanse this and I reinforce and I cleanse this and I reinforce. Because Eric kept going into the dungeons or fighting the bosses and spending our skulls, and I needed to keep getting them back, otherwise the game would have been lost. And yeah, so I you guys just weren't you guys were not the right two people to probably play that game together. <laughs> I like I kept trying to tell him at one point, I was like, What what are you doing? He's like, What? We have to go kill it. Yeah, we do, but we need skulls. Or we're gonna lose. But I'm just gonna go kill it. But we all we actually Eric went to go fight the big bad boss the first time and ended the fight. We had zero skulls in stock, but luckily he had an ability that after fighting, whether retreat or not, after fighting, he gets, we gain, we regain one skull. So if it wasn't for him or he can cleanse one skull from anywhere after fighting. So if it wasn't for that ability, 
we would have lost because he didn't think about it. He didn't try to plan. He just went right for it. And I, I'm telling him, like, come on, we got to strategize. I'm do here's what I'm doing the next couple of rounds before I go fight the boss. I'm just going to go fight the boss. That's the point of the game. You have to, he's like, the point of the game is to be overwhelmed. And I'm like, this is a strategy game. You're supposed to strategize. I, I went and fought the boss and I had no problem because I ended up with like an army of 50, a bunch of mana. Um, we, I had cleansed as many skulls as I could. Like I, I was able to do everything I needed to do to stock up, fought the boss once and killed it. No problem. I was like, that's what happens when you prepare and strategize a little bit. And, and he's like, oh, well, what was, where's what's the fun the... in that? I mean, that's part of the game, though, is strategizing and, and, and planning, though. But it's a boring game. <laughs> I mean, you're playing the wrong kind. Of, if you're going to pay, what is it, like $300 for that fucking game or whatever, you're going to want to strategize. Like, Let's be you're realistic. Try to... Eric never, uh, never actually had any assumption he would ever play the game. He just bought it because he thought it looked neat. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But it is, it's a really cool game. It was really fun. Um, the, the miniatures are very well detailed. The little skulls, I'm afraid I'm going to lose them every time I touch it. I'm also afraid I'm going to crush it. They're not brittle or anything, but they're just, they're so tiny. Um, but it was, it was a super fun game. And I do want to play it again because it's that one of those like scenario games where you can do different things each time and have a different game. But knowing my luck, we're not going to get to. Or, like, I love playing Betrayal at House on the Hill, because I've never had a duplicate storyline happen, but mm-hmm. we uh, we can never play it. There's, like, friggin' 80 stories with the expansion, or more, something like, maybe, like, over 100, with the expansion, and I've played the game maybe in total, like, 10 times, maybe even less than that in my entire life. I'm like, this is a game that, like, we should be playing every week, or every time we get together, we should be playing Betrayal, because every game is different. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not wrong, but also like people don't play games. Come on now. No, people don't play <laughs> games anymore. But anything else you want to say about it? No, that's that's about it. It's All uh, right. it's that's it's a good game. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it at the very least. Uh, I guess last thing, um, actually pretty quick because I don't have a ton to say at the moment. Uh, I played uh Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually they did a lot of work to these Lego games. I will say, like, it's been a, it's been a number of years. Like, this game was supposed to come out like three years ago. Um, they've added. I don't, and maybe maybe some of the more recent ones had this stuff. I don't remember it from anyone I've played. But there's like legit side quests and stuff. Like when you um when you're like running around like Naboo or Camino or anything in the movies. Like there are just NPCs with like little like exclamation points over their head that if you talk to them, they're like, "Oh, can you like take this thing to like this other person for me?" Um, sometimes, sometimes the side quest quest requires a, um, a specific type of character. Like you need like a bounty hunter to do it or a protocol droid. So like, you can't necessarily do it on your first time through there as part of the story, but you know, you have to come back later. So it gives you more of a reason to go back and like do the free play through the levels because there's so much that you can potentially see and do. And, uh, it also added like a, like a more of an RPG element with, uh, being able to level up your, your stuff. So there are um when you collect like the the blue lego bricks um you use those as well as just the the bits that you collect like when any time that you destroy anything and um you use those to level up um there's a a skill tree of just like like generic stuff for characters as well as skill trees specific to each um each like class of character so like 
they've got a lot going on there. Um, biggest problem I'm noticing so far, um, I, I did get it on Switch, so, you know, it, there have been a few times where there's been a little bit of, like, like, just frame drops and, and sluggishness in it, but nothing, like, egregious. Like, just, like, a second where, like, you notice, like, oh, like, there's too much going on for the Switch to handle in handheld. Um, yeah. But you can't just play any uh, episode you want. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to play through them. All. Well, you have to play them in order of like yeah. of in in like of, trilogy order. So you yeah, can, you have to play them in 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 order of each saga. So you can play each saga in any order. So like you can play saga three. Um, so the m- most recent ones. No, I mean the, the whole thing is the saga. They are they are individual trilogies. That's what I mean. You can play the third trilogy first if you wanted to, but like yeah, you have to play the 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 like each movie in order, each level in order. Yeah. So whatever. like you can, when you start, you can start with either Phantom Menace, A New Hope, or The Force Awakens, but then you you can't do any of the in between movies until you've finished the one before it. Mm-hmm. Which like isn't a huge deal, but like I would like I would like to be able to just like kind of like jump in and just kind of run around any of them. Um, because, like, Attack of the Clones is, is a bad movie, and, like, I didn't really want to play those levels. Yeah. But in order to do Revenge of the Sith, which, like, has the, like, the more fun, like, locations, in my opinion, um, I have to play through Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And I'm probably, I'm about halfway through Attack of the Clones, so I, I finished up, um, Phantom Menace, halfway through Attack of the Clones, just finished up, um, Kamino and chasing, um, Jango Fett and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm back to playing as Anakin and I just got to Tatooine. Um, yeah. but the game gives you plenty of time to just like wander. Um, there's lots of prompts, like when you get to like a point where it's going to continue the story, like the game literally says, Hey, do you want to continue the story now? Or do you want to just like go back and like keep exploring and like breaking stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, it does one other kind of annoying thing where whenever you like start a level, basically, or even in the middle of levels, you'll normally have to follow somebody. Um, and that's where, like, exposition happens. Like, that's where, like, the dialogue happens and all that fl- sort of stuff. Um, it does the annoying video game thing where the character you're following walks at just an excruciatingly slow pace. And it also makes you walk at that pace. Yeah. So, like, if you wander far enough away, you'll start moving faster. But that person will stop moving. Even if you if you're moving forward. Um, they will stop moving until you go back to them. And then they will start going forward again. And, like, mm-hmm. it, it makes parts that, like, should only take, like, 30 seconds to a minute take, like, five minutes to, like, just slowly, like, walking through the clone facility takes so fucking long because you have to walk right next to this, the fucking Kaminoan, um, until you get to Django's room. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's, it's got the, the goofy Lego humor, which is always fun. And, like, it's easy, like, like, there's, it's basically, like, a no fail game. Like, even when you die, you don't really die. Um, you can even set like a mode where if you jump off a ledge, you don't die. Yeah. Or like you don't, you don't lose any of the bits and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the game has some accessibility options. I didn't actually get into them, but, um, it prompts you right up front if you're interested in checking them out. And like, yeah, like it plays well. It, it looks really nice. Even on like the, the small switch screen, like they look like actual Legos. Like it looks like, like a Lego piece that I could just like pick up off the game and like put on like like the X-Wing or something like that I have. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's cool. I'm going to keep playing it. Um it's more Lego. Yeah, it's it, it it's it seems super fun. I I'm thinking of getting it at some point. not not right away. I I've got too much going on right now to get that 
yeah, no, I can understand. You, like you said, you still have a bunch of games that you haven't even gone back to finish. Yeah. But I think that is probably going to be a show. Yeah. Yep. That's, it is. Um, before we wrap up, I just, I do want to say one thing. I'm playing Mega Man 8 at the release. It's tonight. If you listen to this day it releases, I'm super happy. I'm super excited to be playing Mega Man 8 on stream tonight. Please come hang out and watch me play Mega Man 8 tonight. Because, like, I'm just super excited to play it. I have so much nostalgia for that game. You're talking Twitch. about tonight as in tomorrow, like Thursday well, night, right? Yeah, yeah, Thursday night. If, tonight, if you listen, tonight when it goes live. If you listen to this, the day goes live. Six or seven Eastern, around then, just find me on Twitter, or I'll retweet it on uh, on, on OneQuest's uh, Twitter as well, uh, twitch.tv slash be underscore one. Come watch me play um, uh, Mega Man 8, because I'm just super excited, and so I, I really want to play that one, because I have so much nostalgia for it. So. Cool. Yeah, Mega Man 8 was 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 an okay one. Oh, I I forgot until a friend sent me a video the other day of how bad the voice acting is. Oh yeah, especially with like Doctor Light calls Doctor Wiley. It's Doctor Wiry. Um, oh jeez. And it's like I don't know if it was just like poor voice acting and mocking like the the, 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 the L's or it's if poor it's poor voice just, acting like, and poor localization is the problem. Yeah, it's it's at. At that point, they probably didn't hire an American to localize it. Yeah. Because um, games did, like, they didn't do that stuff back then. That's why, like, a lot of games in the, like, 90s and, and 80s had really bad localizations and translations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, that that was an okay one. Like, I, I have a honest- preference for the, for the earliest of Mega Man games, but, like... T- to be honest, the worst Mega Man, in my opinion so far, is Mega Man 1. Oh yeah, no, Mega Man One's not good. Mega Man Two is uh, really the best. Fo- followed by Mega Man uh, Four, just because of the level of difficulty that game has. It's just it was not fun to play. Then Mega Man Seven, and then the rest of them are all tied because they're all Mega Man. Like there's no good or bad about the like nothing that brings either of the rest of them above or below uh, the rest of them. I disagree, but you know everyone has their own opinion, and you you can have the wrong opinion. It's all right. I mean, what 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 is there? This is a conversation we can get into some other time about about it. Once I finish all ten, because I don't have eleven yet. Once I finish all ten, I'll, I'll give you as my as best I can my ranking. But that's pretty much my ranking. Eight and nine are probably just going to be the same as I said with the rest, where it's just like it's a Mega Man game. It's it's fun. It's, there's nothing bad. Like not saying there's nothing bad about it, but it's at the same level as Mega Man two and three and five and six. I mean, that's um, inaccurate, but like I said, everyone can is entitled to an I, opinion. When was the last time you... Did you ever play Mega Man 5 and 6? I have. I mean, 5 and 6... It's been a long time since I played 5 and 6, but like, they are, they're not as good as 2 and 3. Like, 2 and 3 have the better level design, the better characters. Like, they're more fun to... Like, like just from that standpoint, yes, the gameplay is the same in all of them, but like, 2 and 3 have like the more memorable characters, in my opinion. Which makes a more fun game because it's like, oh yeah, like let's go fight Bubble Man. Bubble Man is more memorable than than um. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Bubble Man. Uh, really yes. One I can remember See? right now. Yes. You just no, proved my point. You just no. Proved the only point. reason. <laughs> the only reason I know. All right, give me somebody from Mega Man Three then. I could name you all eight bosses in Mega Man Three right now. Shadow all right, Man. go ahead, do it. Shadow Man, Mag- Magnet Man, Top Man, Hard Man, Gemini Man, um. I'm just trying to now. I'm forgetting what one. Spark Man. Oh, shit. What ones did I name? <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot Spark Man Snake. was in three. I thought he was two for some reason. Did I say Snake and Skull? There. That's all eight. 
Um, Skullman was four. Skullman was four. Wait, Proto Man? Really? Fuck you. <laughs> no. Proto Man I mean, was in since three. Mega Man two. He's not in two. two. Nope. He's Proto- fucking Proto Man is not in three. two. He the the whistle is in three. Yep. That's not the sound, but you know what I mean. Oh, you know, Skullman is four. Now, uh, shit. Who is the last one? My problem I is I don't remember what ones I said. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who you said either. Snake Hard, Top Gemini, Spark, Shadow. You got two more. Fuck. I don't but remember. But see, you mentioned a Mega Man 4 boss. You're all like, they're more memorable. You mentioned Mega Man 4 boss. Yeah, but he okay. also named six other Mega Man 3 bosses. Yeah, but when was the last time you played Mega Man 4 compared to when was the last time you played Mega Man 3? Um, I but think... I'm also I'm also on record, like not even five minutes ago, saying Mega Man Four is is one of my least favorite. And like, so Dude. to be fair, I played Mega Man One through Five probably about five years ago. I still remember the Mega Man Two and Three Masters better than Four or Five. See, I don't I don't have even like I I beat Mega Man uh, uh Seven last week, and I don't remember the boss mask. Like I don't remember. The uh the weaknesses and and what to do what to fight them as yeah like I've Ma- played Mega, Mega Man, Man two had fucking Metal Man Needle Man. Man that's the fucking other one but like Rich I I forget did you play the Mega Mans when you were a kid or were they not did you not have them we had uh Mega Man Mega Man three and uh then we got Mega Man eight um, okay I think we had three we might have had four I remember Skull Man when I was a kid um. And and I also distinctly remember Snake Man. I thought Snake Man was two or was three. Snake is three. But like I I I could I could have always remembered Snake Man and Skull Man in the same one, but they're not. And like it kind of when I when I found played them a couple weeks ago, like I was just like, wait, Skull Man was four? Like I, so I guess I had four. But I um yeah I I had one I I believe I had one four and. Uh, one, one, three, and four, I guess, and then eight, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I played them when I was a kid. I, uh, yeah. just not all of them. It's, but like, I have now played them in the last two months, three months. Uh, yeah. Cause there was like a two week break because of, uh, Elden Ring and shit. And like, I do agree with you that one is probably the worst. Um, it blows it- my mind that they made a series out of Mega Man, a video game series out of Mega Man one. But, like, most games are like that. Like, if you go back and play the first one, they're not good compared to what comes after it, because it's, like, the first one is basically proof of concept. But, like, Mm -hmm. I will say, like, the first one probably has the more iconic-looking Robot Masters. Like, I could, like, if you show me a Robot Master from 1, I'll probably be like, that's such and such from Mega Man 1. Versus, like, if you show me anything from, like, 4 on, I'd be like, totally a Mega Man villain, probably is named this couldn't tell you what game they were actually from though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we we all we all know Mega Man One villains just because that was the 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 cartoon and everything as well. Like exactly just used to it. Um like my biggest problem with Mega Man One, and I know we're going on a rant, we were gonna we were wrapping up. My biggest problem with Mega Man One was um the the boss rush is A split up into two stages. And when you go after Cutman there are no bricks to grab to throw at him to use Gutsman's ability. So Gutsman's ability is absolutely fucking worthless, in my opinion. You, you can never you get a worthless ability in that game. It happens. Look, no, I mean, generally, we're, we're not we're not arguing that Mega Man One is not a good Mega Man. 
I know. I'm just. I needed to get that rant, rant out there. It was just like, ma- like Gutsman's ability is worthless, and I'm so mad about it. But with that said, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, like we said earlier, uh, the next book club is going to be Ninja Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one and two from ninety and ninety one, I believe, ninety ninety two, and, and maybe bonus three if uh, these guys can, can watch them. Maybe, maybe. Uh, they're, the movies are all over the place. They're on Netflix and Amazon and HBO, so plenty of places to watch them. And yeah, that'll be in two weeks on April 28th. So we'll, we will be talking about it on the 27th, but it'll go live on the 28th. So that's fun. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but other than that, if you would like to find some more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, whatever you prefer. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.